Welcome back to Your Hell Yes Life, the show for conscious, curious women like you who are ready to create a brave new path that lights them up. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring stories, valuable insights, and useful tips. This is your host, Zaya B, change leader, artist, explorer, and best-selling author. My mission is to help you connect with your hell yes life, make brave decisions, and take action so that you can have a life that lights you up. I've been helping people change for 25 years, and I'm here to support your transformation. Have there been times in your life when you felt limited by your own patterns, wishing you could just show up differently? Maybe you want to be more assertive, organized, consistent, patient. Within you lies a version of yourself that has all of the characteristics you think you lack or seem to struggle with. Today, we're going to hand you a magic wand that can help you tap into these other parts and get that wish. My guest today is Meg Nyman. She's going to share today how using an alter ego can help you unlock untapped potential to create a more fulfilling life with ease. Meg's own story of stepping into her alter ego will inspire you to do the same. Meg is a sought-after user experience designer who has worked on cutting-edge technology with world-class companies. Along her path, she discovered the magic of alter egos and now leads individuals, teams, and organizations to effectively use this tool to step into new possibilities. How can you harness the power of alter egos to create lasting change? Well, you just have to listen to learn. Taking on alter egos is a stretch beyond our comfort zone. So before we dive into the alter ego, we explore the concept of risk tolerance. Should you be making baby steps or leaps as you stretch your edges and grow? Before we start, I have a request. If you enjoy this show today and know people who could benefit, please share it far and wide. Let's create a movement of women who are lit up, living fully, and sharing their unique light. Together, we can create massive change. Thank you so much. Welcome, Meg. I'm so excited to have you here today. So let's jump right in. I know during the pandemic, you made a pretty big life change. Can you share with me what happened? I currently live in the country. I chose during the pandemic to get literal and figuratively more space. And one of my criteria was to be able to see the corn grow out my window. And it has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's just a joy to look out every single window in my house and find something that lights me up and to be in rhythm with the seasons. That's a pretty specific idea and vision that you want to see the corn from every corner, especially because you had been living in Seattle and San Francisco. So you're living in these major cities, working in tech, you know, probably making other people jealous because so many people really would love that opportunity. And you were like, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm going to go hang out with the farmers. What was driving that decision? Yeah, I, as I've grown older and gotten out of my head and into my heart through yoga and meditation and other practices, I've learned to trust myself. And my tech career was both amazingly successful for me and in some ways fulfilling. And at the same time, I literally was working on shipping some new shipping connect with Xbox And then I was working on HoloLens, which was Microsoft's version of VR, like the coolest products. And I didn't really care. Mm. So there was always this element that was not fully aligned for me. I'd never lived rural before. And I figured, why the hell not? 
So I decided <laughs> to try it and now I can't seem to leave. <laughs> well, if you're happy, there's no reason to leave. And that is definitely following your hell yes. I mean, kudos to you. I considered moving to rural Portugal last year and it would have been 45 minutes outside of Lisbon. So rural, but not, you know, not never, never land. Yes. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I just don't know if long term I would be happy in a place that's so small. It was gorgeous, but I just didn't know that I would be really, truly happy if I sold everything and made it happen. I, I commend you that you didn't do the trial run. You just packed up and said, I'm out and I'm moving over. I always do the trial run. I can't do okay. it without. I rented an Airbnb in two different locations that were somewhat rural. And then I extended when I was at the the one that was about 20 miles from here because I was just enjoying it so much. So I did have a felt sense. I'm. This is part of what I really believe is that it's important to take micro risks and to give yourself a reason to believe that the move is going to work. Some people jump straight in, but I always need to get that little taste to know. You know, so you're bringing up a really great point or actually several because you're wonderful. One is to that that you really know yourself, that you know that it feels better to do a micro risk, to try something out before leaping. And I think a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they don't know that and they just make the leap. Like the Portugal thing, many people get there and leave a year later because they don't understand the bureaucracy. They don't understand that they really are going to have to learn the language, things like that. And they just were taken by the fact that the country is gorgeous and decided right. they needed a change. I think it's important for all of us to check in on, do we feel really good when we leap or do we just feel like we should leap? We've seen that leap and the net will appear. Yeah, take a chance, but know how much chance feels okay. Really understand what your risk tolerance is and how can you keep pushing your edge? So not keeping yourself totally safe, but not leaping into the point where your nervous system is going to be so fried that the experience is going to be awful. Exactly. Can can I offer a couple more thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So I 100% agree. And that is not to say that for some people jumping and hoping that the net will appear isn't the right thing. That might be okay for some people. But I think that especially as as, as women or people who might be more attuned to a, a sort of feminine feeling out of how we want to approach life, there is this sort of hustle culture, masculine kind of just like make a decision, like binary. And I am all about just like, how can we make this into a continuum? How can we uh, allow for different levels? Other thoughts, I've, I've become really fixated on what I call the line and the line being like, what is sort of your tolerance? And each of us has our own in all different arenas. But I did some exercises a while ago where I learned that my ha habit is to run up past my line, get freaked out, and then have to backtrack. Mm. And I am really trying to be gentler with myself. And so if I run past the line in a small way, then it's a lot easier to backtrack than if I sell everything and go across the world <laughs> and run past the line. So so it is a it is a gentleness and like kindness practice for me to do it in those smaller ways before I decide to commit bigger and it's it's been working. And so I really advocate for that for others if it makes sense for them, because it has been a real change for me. There's so much wisdom in there. With the title of Your Hell Yes Life, it can sound like I am advocating for you to just rawr, take on the world. And no, it's you tuning into your yes and creating a life that lights you up. Meg loves living surrounded by corn and knitting. I would last about a day doing that because that's not my yes. 
Now you are living surrounded by corn. You have a brilliant idea that you have turned into a super creative company. Can you share that idea and the company? Absolutely. So I run the Alter Ego Project. And an alter ego is really just another side of yourself, at least in terms of the way that I define it. So some people may know Beyonce, who is a very famous singer. She released an album called I Am Sasha Fierce. And Sasha Fierce was her alter ego. It was another name. It was another version of herself. And the real premise is that we've been sold this lie that in order to be authentic, we have to be the same everywhere. And yet we know this isn't true. You're different when you go to work than you are at home. You're different with your childhood friends than you are with your spouse. Like we're, we're just bring out different sides of ourselves. So my goal is to bring the best version of yourself to each situation. And the best version of yourself, in my view, is often an alter ego. How fun. And it's true. It's interesting. I was talking to my mom a while ago and I said, you know, it's interesting that nobody in the world will ever fully know you because let's say she knows me as her daughter. You know me as a friend. Somebody else will know me as a girlfriend. And, you know, so you'll all get these different views, but nobody has the full picture. Nobody can ever have the full picture, which is interesting that nobody has it of us. And then we will never have it of anybody else. Am I actually chatting with Meg right now? Or am I <laughs> chatting with a different alter ego? It's a great question. So you are chatting with Meg. Okay. I, I don't believe that we always have to divulge, but I will tell you about <laughs> the the alter ego that really spurred me to create the alter ego project. Yeah. Um, so if I may, my my kind of brief bio is I was living in San Francisco and in the span of six months, I had my 12 year relationship dissolve and end in divorce. I was laid off from a company and I decided to move across the country to be closer to my family in Pennsylvania, which had been a 10-year dream to go from California on the West Coast to Pennsylvania, which is close to New York City and the East Coast. And when I did that, I also went into my second sabbatical. So I was like identityless. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a partner. I, I was living with my family. So I sort of had that identity. I was in a new city and I was trying all these new creative things. And so what I decided to do was actually try out kind of new ways of being in social situations. And that evolves into this character named D. And D, unlike the core of how Meg has lived most of her life for the past 40 some years, is not a people pleaser. D is very clear about who she is, what she wants, and is not afraid to ask for it. Um, and so she surprised me. She kept coming up with no's that I didn't expect to come out of her. She kept coming up with ideas that I didn't expect she was interested in. But like my heart was happy about it. It was a hell yes. Like these were these were hell yes moments. And I was like, I didn't know I had this in me. I get the identity list. It's actually one of the things that I love about travel. And I realize that I am most relaxed and most me when I travel because nobody knows anything about me and no nobody is expecting anything from me. There's this freedom to just be and it's delightful. And so this came out. Did it feel like a different part of you or like what was that experience when it just popped in? How did you know that it was a different part? It was workshopped, to be perfectly honest, because I think that unlike your experience of travel, I was still in the U.S. and I was still sort of connected to the space that I had been. And so it was an inching forward. And really, it was like, 
one day I wore this leather jacket that I wear rarely ever wear. And I was like, oh, I feel kind of like a badass in this. And then, you know, I'm going out to a, you know, meeting and just like walking up to people and introducing myself and being way more proactive. And then it's having a conversation and somebody asking my opinion and just telling them what I really thought instead of filtering. So for me, it was this like, going out and and sort of in the moment realizing that I did not have to be anybody to anybody except myself and just getting freer and freer with it. And then I started to be like, well, who is this other side of myself? And I tried on different names and D is the one that stuck. It started to become more and more conscious of like, I want to be in that energy today. And it was working for me. I was meeting interesting people. I was going places and just having more fun. And, and so that's how I eased into it and then really started asking questions like, who is this person? What is she about? And it became clear to me that she, one of her, part of her essence was that she had boundaries. Mm. I was like, oh, that's, that is what I need. So to this day, I can turn D on and I wear a D ring when I want to have her be around. And so I can touch this. Or like literally when I say D, my shoulders pop up. I tend to sit a little taller. I tend to smile a little, a little wider. And she just is like, she is very close to my true self. And she's somebody who's really important to me. And she's somebody that I love bringing out because I feel like it brings out the best side of me. That is just fantastic. So D is in the house. She is in your body. She is showing up. And then how did you go from that to, I think I've got a, an idea for a business here. Yeah. The aha moment was I was coming out of my sabbatical. I needed to work again. And I realized that I could bring D to the contract negotiation and that she was going to be a much better advocate for me and my services than this people pleaser. So I brought her to the contract negotiation as I was being introduced to a new company. And again, shoulders back, just kind of leaned back in the chair and was like, yeah, I might be able to help you. Why don't we see? <laughs> We'll do a two month trial, see where it goes. And, you know, two and a half years later, I was still working with the company, but it, it just changed the entire energy. It changed how I felt about it. It changed my perspective on the, on the clients. It moved me from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. It made me essentially a better business person. And I was, and I just thought, wow, that's a lot of benefit from putting on a ring and throwing my shoulders back and feeling good about myself. And so I decided like, can I teach this to other people? And can I find other ones in myself? Is this a one-time thing or what's the deal? So the first thing I did was start to interview people about their alter egos. And by the way, when I'm in a just sort of random room and I say, who has an alter ego? About 30% of people raise their hand. Wow. So a lot of people are already doing this whether it's truly named or not, they know that they have this other side of themselves that they turn on. But I started doing it and it was like, yeah, you can teach this to people. I have a design background. It leverages design thinking. And the reason that I am pursuing it as a, a business or at least something that I want to bring out into the world is because people really find a, a freedom and empowerment. They get more in touch with themselves and they just feel better about their lives. It could be not the only, but it could be an ingredient to a hell yes life because you start to be like, right, who is my hell yes person? And how do I break out of some of the molds and the ways that I've been confined? The way that I approach this is that they, the, 
the people that you create come from you mm-hmm. and they are based on what you value. And you're giving voice to things that you might not have let yourself do because of judgment, because of a sense of what was supposed to be. And so I think it feels like a, a homecoming because it's stuff that's been inside you that you've been somewhat denying or you've been trying to pretend isn't important. And it's this avenue where you get to express it and you get to express it with a purpose because it's solving a problem. I totally get it. And what's also coming up is it sounds like it's also parts of ourselves that we've probably shunned in the past. Like maybe in the past you were told that being shy is bad, being loud is bad, being dot, 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 whatever is bad. Yes. And so now you get to say, well, I'm going to try that back on. I forgot what it felt like to be big or I forgot what it it felt like to be okay being quiet. And I'm going to try it on and see if it actually, if it still feels good, then I am going to wear that. These things that were triggered or shunned as a child might be exactly what you need as you move forward. And so this is a process of bringing that back into your own expression. Very cool. I assume that you'll be trying on a Zaya next week and I will be trying on a Meg. (laughs) That sounds like a fantastic time. And I definitely will need to get these sparkly glasses in order to be the most Zaya I can be. (laughs) I totally see you pulling it off. Thank you. (laughs) So it's really rewarding work. Um, It's been surprisingly adaptable. So I've had people use it to get, you know, a promotion and, and in interviewing and for a job sphere. But I've also had people use it in their relationships to be a more caring partner. I've had people use it as a parent to be more patient or compassionate with their child. So it's really, and in terms of hell yes life, let's be clear, you might be living your hell yes life if you are the most patient, compassionate parent that you could be. So it really is like you can bring it to the places that matter to you. And that has just been really fulfilling to me and the people I work with. How fun. I mean, it just, it's an interesting way to learn For those of you who have listened to other episodes, you know that I'm really into body-based work, somatic work, things that I can learn through my body. All of my life, I have been much more of a thinker. What I've learned recently is that this is an unhealthy pattern I got into with overthinking, thinking that if I think and I can understand it that way, that I somehow have control, which is delusional, but lovely. And so what I now know is when I learn something through my body, and what I mean by that is getting a felt sense, like... You know, if you think about what is your favorite food and you really think about eating that food, you have a sensation inside. If I can learn what it feels like to step into, I don't know, let's think of something I I, I struggle with. Let's say, you know, I don't, right now I have not been enjoying exercise. If I could step into a persona of maybe an Olympic athlete, or maybe I don't even have to go that far. Maybe it's, I don't know, somebody who is 80 years old and is actually in the senior games, and they're in such amazing shape, what would it be like if I can step into that, that I am I'm older and I'm still so fit? That would be a great experience for me to feel. What does it feel like to get off of my couch and get myself in shape? A hundred percent. And what's really interesting is I love, first of all, that you want to be the 80-year-old fit senior. Like, what an image. And that's what's so fun about alter egos is people pick all kinds of stuff. But if you were to feel further into that, and this is a somatic practice, like if you were to put on your matching sweatsuit and go out there and really feel like you are an 80-year-old athlete, what would be so interesting is you would likely start having thoughts 
and ideas of why this is valuable to them. And you would get to really start to understand and maybe even fall a little bit in love with exercise. Like you, you really do start to feel it in your body and see what aligns. And by the way, you can throw things out. So if the 80 year old exercise person ends up not quite feeling right and you feel sluggish and a little bit like, oh, this isn't quite it, then become the 24 year old sprinter. Yeah, it's Why so not? funny. You must have been in my mind because I was thinking, huh, maybe I don't really want to go that age. Maybe that's my motivation, but I would rather go younger for the experience. So yeah, you're right. If I could be a 24-year-old mm-hmm. gymnast, that would be cool to be able to move my body in that kind of way. See, and isn't that isn't that fascinating? Here in two minutes, we got from uh, to a different version of exercise, but that I'm looking at your face and that's feeling like that's starting to settle in. Like, yeah, yeah. you want to move your body in lots of ways. You want to be flexible. You want to do some really kind of cool stuff. You want to be strong and you want to be fit. Sounds great. Yeah. So once people get comfortable and let's say I become Simone Biles, the US gymnast star, you know, I try her on for a little while. Sounds a little creepy, but try on the, you know, that dedication to exercise. How do I, or how do people ultimately end up truly incorporating into just who they are? Is that just a process over time that they become more comfortable with acting in that way? Yes and no. So first off, I don't think it has to be the goal that you integrate this person. I think that it's actually fine if you always have an exercise persona that you put on and are actually able to have a little compartmentalization between what that person has to do and what you have to do. But for a lot of these, like D or like Sasha Fierce for Beyonce, you do integrate it. And it tends to be a pretty organic process. So what happens is you find yourself putting on that other persona more and more. You find yourself feeling more and more comfortable in that other persona. And then it starts to become hard to see when each is showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's when they've sort of integrated back in. And then you can create another one. In my book, you can have as many as you want. And you can use them for as long or as little as you need. So, you know, there also could be, if if you get to be a TED speaker for once in your life, but you're not trying to be like a a speaker forevermore, you're doing it for visibility, it's the biggest stage you're ever going to be on. Maybe you need an alter ego to really get you out onto that stage and deliver in that way. And then maybe you retire it. Mm -hmm. So it, it can go both ways. I think it's, it is a tool. And how much you fall in love with the product of that tool and how much you feel like you want to keep it around is totally up to you. And as far as I've seen it, you might be able to force the integration, but the easiest path is no. just to keep using it. And eventually it's going to fall into place and it's going to become part of you. Yeah, no growth really can be forced. No real growth can be forced. So I get that. One thing I will say is I took a, an energy class for two years And we actually tried on archetypes. And one of the things that my teacher talked about was just to be aware of the fact that some of these archetypes or some of these alter egos, it it does still take your your physical body. It takes energy to run these things differently. So, you know, if you are somebody, let's say, who is a little more timid and fearful and you want to do an alter ego who is just bold and big. That's great, but your body is still actually needing to make the energy to make that happen. And you may actually start to not burn out your physiology, but you're putting stress on your body. And so I feel like this is my experience, and I'd love to hear yours or my understanding that it's 
you know, if you're going to go to something that's extreme from where you are, that maybe do it in smaller doses. So maybe you can be Sasha Fierce, you know, for 15 minutes and then back off or something like that, or maybe start with one that's a little bit less. So I'm not saying don't jump into something different, but if you jump into something very different, your body is going to feel it. What's your thought on that? A, a few thoughts. So first off, my the way that I advocate that people do this is always to take that tiny step, to be perfectly honest. I really pay a lot of attention to the difference between you stress. Yeah, you stress is the kind of stress that grows you. It's the kind of stress that you're at when you're hitting flow and you're you're trying to figure something out, but it's still within reach. Or it's when you're pushing just like a little bit further on that bar and able to lift slightly more weight and you're growing your muscles, but it's within the bounds of what is still comfortable, even if it's a little difficult. Mm-hmm. This stress is what you're talking about when your nervous system is fried, you're trying to push against a bar that you absolutely cannot push up. You are flooded with emotion. You're in a fight or flight or freeze or fawn situation. Your, your body is in distress. We can get into those situations. They're not always avoidable. But in the work that I teach, I really want you to be in stress or less. And so absolutely, I wouldn't suggest jumping to a totally different person. But there's a little bit of a flaw even in the way that that's been set up. Because when the way that I see alter egos, they come from you. And they come from what you want. And so if you really want to be that bold person, it's likely because there's part of you that already is. And so what we do is you work on it in smaller settings, building up to that moment that you really care about. And by the time you get to the moment that you care about, you actually often end up in flow and things kind of flow out of you and you're not in that distress situation. It really is just kind of magical that it's like, oh, right, I want to be this person. And you're consciously bringing them and look at what they can do for me. One other thing that's actually really interesting from a design lens is that sometimes it's easier to go really far to an extreme than it is to find the middle ground and that that can help you to back up. So for me, for example, I can be really loud and silly or I can be kind of meek, but trying to be like a little bit louder is actually almost harder. So for somebody who is very, very shy, if it works for them, they might be able to go all the way to the other end and and then the idea is how do they back it up to actually be the, the version that they want. So all of it is within the realm of possibility. But your point is really well taken that it's important to be conscious about our body and where it is. This is a somatic practice. And the last thing I want is for people to burn out. And the one of the things that I say in my workshops over and over and over again is you cannot do this wrong. Because even if it feels bad in your body and even if it went over the line or you feel like it's not quite right, that is information for you to then go and bring back in and change. So there is no right or wrong here. It is all experimentation, information, and ways that you can adapt and continue to grow. I just, I so enjoy what you're saying. And it's interesting, as you were talking, I was like, play, the word play kept coming up. That to me, I love playing in all kinds of silly ways in all aspects of my life. And that's the sense that I was getting as you were talking. Like, think about when you were children, we play dress up, or at least I played dress up and we play different characters. And that's just naturally who we are as, as children. We try things, we experiment. What is, what would it be like if I was this? What would it be like if I was this? And, you know, they dream about, I'm going to be a, an astronaut. I'm going to be this. And then they just 
you'll see little girls walking down the street dressed in astronaut outfits and you'll see a boy dressed in a Batman costume, right? They are trying these things out. It's just natural to just play that way. And so I think the fact that you're talking about experimentation and there's nothing wrong, you there's no way you can do it wrong. It's that sense of curiosity and play that I think we need for every aspect of our life. Honestly, I think to really live a hell yes life, it's about just enjoying it and experimenting and trying new things and course correcting and learning and moving from there. And if we can have that as our guiding way of being in the world, that everything is just an experiment, there is no failure, there's just learning, that things can really flip in in how our life presents itself. Because then it's just like a playground. It's a, oh, let me go go over here and see what this thing does. And what happens when I try that? I love that you see the playfulness in this because that is a core value of mine. And that's part of what I really wanted to bring out in this work. Part of play is that it's not goal-directed and that it really doesn't have a lot of bounds. And so it allows for creativity. And you're totally right. So many adults are starved for that creativity and that playfulness and that non-judgmental space. And so that is 100% what I'm trying to bring into these workshops and what I'm trying to allow because it allows for possibility. It allows for you to think of what your hell yes life might be that isn't within what you've thought of so far. If, if, if the biggest thing I can do in the alter ego workshop or even here on this podcast is to help people to shift their frame a little bit and see things from a slightly different angle, that is a huge win because that's what opens up the possibility for you to live differently and make different choices. That's perfect. I was a co-author in a book this year on creativity and my chapter on how to increase your creativity was to step into your childhood. It's everything you're talking about. It's the play, it's curiosity, it's not having anything be judged as wrong. It's just trying new things. All of that comes from there. Amazing. I wonder Uh, if you could give just like, you know, a 30 second snippet of if they want to try this on their own, what's one easy way that they could do it? Absolutely. So what I use in all my workshops is what would blank do? So for example, when I was getting that contracting gig, then I was actually stepping into a new role on top of it. Dee got herself a totally lateral move. And I was working as a product manager. And I kept saying to myself, what would Ryan do? Because Ryan was this product manager that I totally had a ton of respect for. I really appreciated what he did. And so I would get into these situations of like needing to do something with the team. And I was just like, what would Ryan do? So that's a huge way to start thinking about alter egos. What would your best friend do? What would your grandmother do? What would your third grade teacher do? What would Olivia Pope do? Who is the star of a TV series called Scandal that a lot of women like. What would the president of your country do if you like that person? And what would uh, the president of a different country do if there's somebody else that you prefer? But celebrities, characters and books, characters and movies can be really good places to start. Also, people that you know in your life that you respect can be another really good place to start. What would so-and-so do is a fantastic question to ask. And you, again, might be surprised at what you already realize you know that you hadn't been aware of until you asked the question. That's a fun one. It's actually, it's something I used with my best friend years ago because she would constantly say yes. And then she was overworked. She was helping out all of her kids' classes and soccer and everything. And then she would complain. I said, well, you have to learn to start saying no. And I am somebody that is very comfortable with no. 
So I said, next time you you are approached with somebody asking you what to do, it's going to be, what would Zaya do? And you're going to have to think the answer is no. And I'm sure that people that are listening are going to go try this on because it's just, it's fun. And it's, it's like a little secret you have with yourself. I like having secrets with myself that nobody else gets to know. And it's just fun to know that you're trying on this personality and no one needs to know that you're trying on that personality. You're just doing it. And it's, yeah, it just feels again, almost like this playful little girl energy of, I'm in my mom's shoes or something. And you're just trying it on and wobbling around and enjoying yourself and not caring that maybe you put on her makeup and the lipstick is all above your eye and the rouge is in your ear. And it doesn't matter because you're just experimenting and no one else needs to know. I love that image. (laughs) So my last question that is in every episode is, what is your brag? I want to give you space to get your brag on, talk about whatever you want. Maybe there's an alter ego in there that's like a little cocky and just wants to get out there and sing your praises. So I do have an alter ego who likes to sing my praises. Her name is Chloe and she's my social media marketer. She's about <laughs> 26. She's me. <laughs> I have a brag that I'm still not done being excited about. And that was that I got the opportunity of my career thus far to speak at the conference South by Southwest. Um, which is a really big, it's an international conference held in Austin, Texas. It's a combination of music, film, and interactive, which are all things that I enjoy. Uh, and to be able to be a presenter there and and keep that as a badge of honor forevermore that I presented at South by Southwest 2023. I was also, I am going to brag about this. I realized that our workshop may or may not have every seat filled, and that was not okay by me. And so I kept meeting people who were like, oh, yeah, I heard about that alter ego workshop. That seemed really cool. And I said, you know what? Come, because I don't know if everybody's going to show up. It was sold out on paper. But when we actually delivered it, it was sold out in person. We had a line out the door. We had people not able to get in due to fire code because we were completely full. And that made me feel like, you know what? I did everything that I possibly could. I gave a kick-ass workshop and as many people as possible were able to benefit from it. So that is something that I am incredibly proud of. Wow, that is amazing because it's hard to just even get accepted to that conference. And there are a lot of workshops going on simultaneously. So it's not a given that just because somebody is there that they are going to attend. And the fact that it was, they chose and it was sold out and a line waiting. And I'm sure that they all absolutely got a ton from it and loved it and are potentially talking about it at the same time that we are talking about this right now. So congratulations. And I will say also, congratulations that you applied, because that's a that's a big thing to do, especially with a new idea that's, you know, it's tested, but it's not like you have 10 years of experience with this. And to step forward and say, I believe in it and I'm going to put it out in the world that is absolutely fantastic. And that is a very big hell yeah. So I'm going to give you a to that one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. By the way, if anybody wants some tips and tricks on how to apply to South by Southwest, I am happy to share. It was very much a little bit of an impulsive decision, but one that worked out really well. So oftentimes we hold ourselves back because we convince ourselves that we're not ready. And I think for something like that with conferences, go for it because you can make yourself ready. So not only an amazingly impressive achievement, and a fantastic brag, but an offer to help and inspiration. 
Thank you so much for that one. And thank you for being here today and sharing everything that you have. I am excited to go step into my Olympic alter ego. And I'm really curious what you as the listener are going to come up with. That's it for another episode of Your Hell Yes Life. I hope you are as excited as I am to start using alter egos. And a reminder from my previous request, if you're inspired by this podcast and believe it can empower other women to live by their own rules, please share it with them right now. You have the power to make a difference and create a world with women who are free from shoulds and expectations. I appreciate you so much. Until next time, stay brave and true to your hell yes.